0: I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. This week, I'm having a conversation with Chris Reynolds, who's the founder of The Entrepreneur House. And in our conversation, we touch on lots of different topics, but the overarching theme that I really took away is... That it's okay to ask for help in your business. And actually by asking for help and even more so being open and accepting help in your business, you're able to go much further, much faster. In this conversation, we're talking about how to find your tribe and really connect with those people. Even if you live in a small town, even if you're working just online, those people are out there and you can find them and you'll all go further together. We're also talking about Chris's location independence and his fabulous morning routines and a really cool way to do a weekend sprint to complete a big project in your business. So if you've ever felt that urge to really connect with other Wellpreneurs and other entrepreneurs on your journey, and maybe even to do a really cool trip to work, to co-work with these people. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. As always, you can get all the links to everything we talk about in the show notes, which are available at wellpreneronline.com. Now, I also want to let you know about a little change that's happening over here at Wellpruner HQ. So as you know, I just released the Wellpreneur book and it was totally crazy. I went from first draft of the manuscript to published book and book launch in seven weeks. And honestly, in retrospect, I don't recommend doing it that fast. (laughs) Definitely give yourself more time, especially the first time you're doing it. In the end, I've ended up super tired and exhausted. And as a wellpreneur, I know that I need to take care of myself first, right? We all need to look out for ourselves and not just be totally focused on our businesses, because if you're not feeling well, if you're not rested and restored, then you can't give your best to other people. So with that in mind, I made the hard decision that, or actually kind of fun decision once I'd made it, that I'm taking the month of April off. So normally the podcast has an August break. This year we're going to have an April break. So this will be the last episode for a month, and then I'll come back and we'll have lots more fun interviews for you. So I'll still be around during April because I'll be recording some interviews, I've got my clients, I've got different things on, but I'm going to try to stay off of social media as much as possible and will not be releasing any podcasts during April. And during that time, I'm hoping to get out, explore Hong Kong, sleep a lot, and just refill my creative well to come back and join you for more fun later this spring and summer. But I just wanted to let you know what was going on so that you don't totally miss the episodes over the next few weeks. In fact, it's a great chance to take a breath and really catch up on any of those episodes that you may have missed. Because I know it can be hard to keep up with them all the time. So enjoy this week's episode and I will see you back here in May. Hi, Chris. Thanks for joining me on the show today.
1: Thanks for having me, Amanda. I'm excited to be here.
0: So Chris, I was just saying before we recorded this, I've just come off of two other podcast interviews and a couple different meetings and I'm like running a thousand miles an hour and you're just like so chilled out right now. So I'm (laughs) loving it. You're like bringing relaxing me here. So I know it's quite late where you are.
1: You want me to use my James Earl Joan voice?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So we'll we'll equal out as the time, as the the interview goes on, I'm sure we'll find an equilibrium. (laughs) Can you start off by just telling people what it is that you do? And and we'll start from there and then dive in.
1: Yeah, my name is Chris Reynolds. Um, I founded the Entrepreneur House, which is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs. And we do events and retreats in different locations around the world. We have done many houses, uh, quote unquote, houses. They're actually more like co-living with other entrepreneurs in Barcelona, Rio de Janeiro, and Chiang Mai, Thailand. And then we do some weekend productivity events where we focus on big goals and knocking out a lot of productivity in a short amount of time and working together as a team. And also just been a location independent digital nomad traveling slowly around the world for nearly seven years. And I do like to spend a lot of time in Barcelona and these days Rio de Janeiro too.
0: Amazing. So the entrepreneur house, when people actually come to do this co working, it's for quite a while, right? It's a whole month.
1: Yeah, we do four weeks at a time. Correct.
0: So why'd you decide to do that instead of just like a, you know, a week away?
1: Hmm. A couple of reasons. It actually started out as just a bunch of friends living together. And we got such a valuable experience from that because we would set goals together. We would practice languages together. We would grow businesses together. We would work out together. And so we found out that when we were co living in this environment, our productivity levels would skyrocket and they would be so much better than, you know, living on our own or living in our home cities and working on our business. And so. I realized a couple of things, the value in long-term living, uh, living co-living. So for example, you know it takes 21 days to form a habit. And you can go to a weekend seminar or even a week-long uh, boot camp, and you can get a lot of information, and you can get a lot of stuff to use. But to really change those habits and to change them with other like-minded people and to do it in an environment where you're seeing each other on a day-to-day basis, You wake up in the morning, you're masterminding just because you're having breakfast together and you have a problem you need to solve. You're walking to the beach and you're masterminding talking about business or talking about goals that you want to accomplish. And so you're in extremely, extremely positive and congruent environment to what you want to achieve in your life. And when you live in that nonstop for for a time over 21 days, you can kind of really catapult your growth for like, as some people have even said, it's like 12, it's like a year of growth in, in one month. And it's just a powerful experience.
0: That sounds amazing. I mean, not only for like business success, but like you said, personal habits and just getting you out of your routines and almost questioning everything you do, right? Because if you normally have this routine, then suddenly you're with a whole bunch of other successful people and... I don't know, it might shake things up, make you question why you do what you do.
1: Yeah, and, and you do it, you know, people are doing it in cities, maybe they've never been to before or they've been to, but it's not their typical environment. You know, they're going to Spain or Brazil or Thailand. And so they're experiencing a whole new culture on top of that. So not only do they get out of their regular environment and see a whole new culture, but they're doing it with other really like-minded people. And you know, the litmus test in relationships is if you can travel with somebody, right? And if you can't travel with somebody, you know, they are it's probably not a good partner to be in a relationship for the most part with. So because these entrepreneurs are really at the same level with their business and they're all, most all of them are really like-minded, it makes it really easy for them to be in this new environment, in this new country, in this new culture, because they've already have the same foundation as a person.
0: So I definitely want to explore this idea of community because something I hear from a lot of, and I've seen it with a lot of Wellpreneurs is they feel really isolated. So maybe they live in a small town or, you know, like I was when I got started, I had a corporate job and I didn't know anybody that ran their own business. And so you just feel like you're, you know, you're in this online world working on your marketing and stuff and you're all alone. (laughs) And so I, I don't know, can you can you talk a little bit about that, like what you've experienced with, like how you started to find your people or kind of the, the benefits of starting to, you know, attract a tribe really and, and find, yeah, find where you fit.
1: Yeah. So really, I started to find my people as an entrepreneur when I started doing personal development. And at the time I was living in Phoenix, Arizona, and they had a really good community with this personal development company we were working with. and. We just continued to spend time together. And it was at that point when I really realized that, okay, I I need to be around these type of people to go where I want to go with my life. And so a few years later, I actually left Phoenix and I started traveling around the world on my journey. And I moved to Costa Rica and I longed for that environment and that community. And while I lived in a, a nice house on the beach in Costa Rica, and had the quote-unquote dream life, there was still something really, really longing for, for that I was missing inside. And it wasn't until I joined another entrepreneurial community when I realized, okay, that's what I was looking for. I was looking for people that I could really, like-minded people that I could connect with. And even though they weren't necessarily moving or living in my city, they had events going on where I could go to their cities and really spend time around them. So. Anybody, you know, we're going to end up like the five to 10 people that we spend most of our time around. It's just inevitable. I think it's Martin Luther King that said, environment is stronger than willpower. It doesn't matter how strong you are, your environment and the people that you're surrounding yourself with will absolutely change you. And so if you want to go to the next level with your business, with your life, with your health, with your peace of mind, whatever it, it may be and you're not satisfied with what you have at the moment, you're gonna have to change that environment at least part of the time so you can continually get those thoughts and those ideas and those patterns and those behaviors. Because then what happens when you're changing your environment and you're surrounding yourself with those people, it's ingraining in your subconscious mind and it's rewiring, actually, your the programming of your mind from the current behaviors that you have and the people that you surround yourself with the behaviors they have and you rewire it in your subconscious mind and then it wires into your brain and changes your behaviors and your results that you're creating. And so, you know, the first step, if you're a wellpreneur and you're just hanging out in your home city and maybe it's a small town, the first step would be to find Either find one like-minded person in your town or city that you can connect with and you can have these type of conversations with, or the other is to find an online community where you can regularly have these conversations with and eventually meet up. And the next thing would be like to join a mastermind where you can do this stuff online too.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you. So, so I'm a huge fan of online and I'm part of like online masterminds and groups. And I've made a lot of friends actually online, but there's something different about actually meeting people in person. And when you've met somebody online and then you finally get to meet them in person, it's like, it's a whole different level. You're you're, you know, you're getting so much more information and connection about that person. And so is that something you found that by having people all together, I guess, and plus yours is in quite an intense way in the entrepreneur house, but there's like a deeper level of, of change that can happen with your, when you're actually with people.
1: Yeah, wholeheartedly. And you really form bonds and relationships when you're meeting one-on-one as opposed to just online. Like I've had masterminds online that I've never met the people, but I've spent a weekend maybe traveling or a day or two at a conference and met those people just over a couple of days and formed a stronger relationship or a bond with those, those people short-term but it was, it was live. It was, it was together an event. So yeah, and, and that's kind of the power of personal development seminars or getting out of your environments and doing something like the Entrepreneur House because you really, really form those one-on-one connections. And, and there's something that that has, that personal touch has that the online world will never replace.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess you're actually living there for the month that the Entrepreneur House goes on. Is that right? Are you there every time?
1: I've been there every time so far. Yeah. (laughs) So
0: you spent a lot of months with a lot of entrepreneurs and I'm curious if you can kind of share some of the the trends and insights you've gotten from that. So are there common areas where you see entrepreneurs getting stuck or where they really need like a, a mindset shift or something to kind of kickstart them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, a pattern that I see entrepreneurs getting stuck at, at is when they're trying to do everything by themselves and not willing to open themselves up and take support. So, for example, you can see it, you know, and, and fair enough, us entrepreneurs, we're A type people um, or we're real, you know, we're strong people, strong minded people, and we like to do things on our own. And that's okay. But the importance and the power of opening up and letting the community support you has the ability to catapult our results that we're getting and, and just skyrocket it, you know, and take us places we never thought we could go. So here's an example, one of my favorite ones. One of the guys that stayed in one of our first houses was running a business and he does he did really well for himself. And he had his supplier cut him off while he was staying in the house. So he took like um, almost a $10,000 a month just cut like it just disappeared just like that. So he was depressed for a couple of days and we were around him kind of giving him moral support saying, you want to go for a run, you want to hang out. And he was in his little tough period for a couple of days. But then somebody made the suggestion and, and we said, hey, Nathan, why don't we do a mastermind and see if we can figure solutions to try and re- recuperate that income? And he was like, OK, so we did a mastermind and exchanged some ideas and we figure something out and he started applying it. And within two weeks, he had that money back and he was making even more than he was beforehand. And so you see a lot of that. Now, he said he probably would have figured out a solution if he wasn't living in the house. Fair enough. But he doesn't know how quickly he would have found it. It may have been a month. It may have been six, you know, but it took two weeks to recuperate that that income that he lost because he had that moral support. And that's the power of the tribe right there, because we can't do everything ourselves, you know? There's really no such thing as a self-made man or self-made woman, it's, it's the, the network that really creates the influence and success that each individual personally has.
0: So when you say, like, opening ourselves up to help and we like to think we can do it all, you're not just necessarily talking about hiring people, or paying your no. services, but you're basically saying, what I'm hearing is being vulnerable and open enough with people to say, this is what's going on. And then letting yeah. people support you in whatever way they can.
1: Yeah. Like saying, hey, Amanda, my finances this year were horrible. Do you know anybody that can <laughs> help me out with my finances? Mm-hmm. Or, hey, my sales, my sales and marketing, I'm really not good at. And I, I just uh, want to, you know, just, just reaching out to where your weaknesses are, you know, uh, uh, the strongest leaders will always know what their weaknesses are and they will find people that can support them in those areas, even if it, maybe it's paid, maybe it's not, maybe it's just a team of really good friends. And so actually one of the things that we do at the house is when we have advisors come in, we have advisors in different areas of business and different personality types so they can support those entrepreneurs that are staying in the house in these different areas of business, but also connect with a more analytical type of person or a more alpha type of person or a more um, laid back and relaxed and calm type of person. And in that way, they get the the whole connection intermixed.
0: So when you're like working with successful entrepreneurs and seeing them in the house, I mean, it sounds like there's I just want to make this point. I know this is true, but a whole variety of personality types. Like I think uh-huh. <laughs> people can feel like, oh, especially with online stuff, like, oh, I have to be that type A, like super outgoing, super extroverted, promoting myself all the time, like that kind of, you know, personal brand kind of person. But what I'm hearing from you is like actually, yes, you can be that, but you can you all types of people can make this work for them.
1: You know, being fortunate enough to have this business, you, I really get to connect with so many different types of entrepreneurs, and and they're all different types of personalities, right? It's and you're right, it's not just the, the A types or the go getters or the ones that are pushing and hustling all the time, nonstop. There's people. We had a woman from Belgium actually staying at our house, and she was just so laid back and so calm and so happy. And that was how that was exactly why she was successful in her business. She attracted a community of other like minded people. And she did a lot of online webinars and and had a lot of success there. But it was her happiness and her joy and her just bubbliness that really attracted people. And and her community loved it because, you know, there's all different types of people and they need to connect with different types of entrepreneurs.
0: Awesome. So I want to talk a little bit about shifting gears. I want to talk about rituals and routines for success. So one thing i love to talk about on the show is morning routines. So I'm curious yeah. if you can just share personally, do you, it doesn't have to be a morning routine necessarily, but what kind of rituals and habits do you have to set you up for success in the day?
1: Right now I am on day almost 60. I think I'm at like 55 or 54 or something of miracle morning. Are you familiar with miracle morning? Absolutely.
0: Yep book. But why don't you give us a little like quick overview of what it is?
1: Okay. So Miracle Morning is the first thing in the morning you wake up and you do six things for either five or 10 minutes each, depending on what you want. And the six things are silence, um, affirmations, visualizations, exercise, reading, and scribing or journaling. And so that's what I do every morning nowadays when I get up. So I'll get up and I'll make my bed, and then I'll do exercise. I'll do a meditation. I use the app uh, Brain FM, Brain FM, which is my favorite app for both working and meditating. And I'll do a fifteen-minute me- meditation visualization. And then I'll usually do—I like to do thirty minutes to an hour of exercise every day, and excuse me, six days a week. And then I'll do my journaling and my reading and my affirmations. And I use. Tony Robbins type of affirmations which he actually calls incantations. And so regular affirmations for a lot of people are just repeating i am great, i am successful, you know, um either silently or calmly in their head. Now when Tony Robbins does it, he tells you to stand up tall, you open your chest, you get your arms back and you shout at the top of your lungs. It, you're whatever your affirmation is. So I am the man I need to be to create the wealth, success, freedom, and lifestyle that I des- that I choose. Um, I am an earner. And so you, you're really shouting this. And so I do that every morning. And that's one of my favorite ones, my incantation slash affirmations. And that really gets me in the right mindset. Before I did the miracle morning, I would still meditate, exercise, and do my affirmations in the morning. I think I actually did a, a coaching call with a Tony Robbins' coach, yeah, recently, and they he was explaining the science behind getting at least thirty minutes of exercise every single day. And by raising your heart rate, you're actually there's chemicals that are being released in your brain to where you can actually make better decisions on whatever's happening throughout your day. So it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or just just have a job. Or, you know, you just have a family to, to take care of. So if you're getting those, that exercise every single day, your brain is better situated to make those decisions more calmly with, with less stress. And so it's incredibly important. And then he, they, they also taught me that when you feel stress coming on or when you feel negative thoughts coming on or when you feel a bit of anger or frustration coming up, for you to also get exercise, so uh, to do 50 push-ups or 20 push-ups or to run in place or do some jumping Jacks, and that's actually what they call a, is a pattern interrupter, and so that's interrupting the chemicals that are being released in your body when those negative emotions are being felt, and it's re-releasing positive chemicals in your body that, that kind of neutralizes or dominates those negative chemicals and emotions that you're feeling. So that's one thing that I've been working on a lot lately is if I feel that stress or any catabolic feelings or energy coming up, I'll do some exercise to kind of get rid of that. And then also, of course, like just deep breathing throughout the day. My favorite ones, Amanda, is I actually I pray every single night and I'm a spiritual dude, not religious and not affiliated and uh, completely comfortable with that. But I've really, over the past five years or so, uh, formed an incredible relationship with prayer and learned about the science and the power of it and how it's really an incredible thing if somebody wants to try and practice it.
0: And so that's like an end of the day routine to kind of wind you down and have gratitude and reflection.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I, I count my blessings and then I, um, say a little prayer for anybody that's close to me that's sick or, you know, have any ailments. And then, of course, uh, kind of set my intentions and say a little prayer for my business and finances and my loved one's well-being, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. I'm yeah. wondering, I'm wondering, um, well, first of all, like I have to say for anybody out there listening, have you noticed the trend in these interviews? Everybody talks about their morning routine. I'd say like yeah. we've got you know, so 95% of the guests that come on talk about a morning routine. And I think, I mean, that it works, you know, and it if, you, if you've if you ever not done your morning routine some morning, you know what a different mindset it puts you in for the day. So if anyone hasn't experimented with, with doing a morning routine, the miracle morning is a great one to start with. So thanks for bringing that up. I'm curious, Chris, if you can talk about how you decide what to work on in your business. How do you make decisions about what it is that you want to do and create?
1: This is a great question. So, I have four quarterly goals. I have a spiritual, emotional, mental, and a physical goal. And that's every 90 days. And those are usually big goals that I stretch for in each of those areas of my life. So, each area of those four areas of a person's life is kind of like a tire on a car. So, you need all of those areas inflated in order for the car to move as best as it can. So, Then what I do is I look at my, every Sunday night I do a weekly planning session that lasts for about an hour or so and I visualize what I want of my life and then also what I want of the next three to five years of my life and then I look at my quarterly goals and I write down the six or seven main priorities that I want to get done for that week. Then I go to planning my week and I use the Passion Planner, which is a physical paper planner. And I really like it because it's kind of like a mix of a journal and a planner, both in one. And then I kind of make those throughout those six and seven main priority goals that I want to get done in a week. I write daily steps down on how to get each of those. And so like Sunday night, I'll plan my Monday. And then at the end of the day, on Monday, I'll plan my Tuesday and then so on throughout the week. And I have those six or seven goals that I have to do for work and then two or three or four personal goals that I have to do. And then I see them on paper every single day and I know what to do. And if ever I'm you know, thinking, oh, I've got an extra half an hour or 15 minutes to knock out until there's a podcast, I'll look at my planner and I'll say, oh, I was supposed to do some scheduling. So then I'll go to scheduling and take care of that.
0: Awesome. Thank you. I find it super yeah. helpful to have that paper version, although I'm totally a digital yes. girl. I love everything online, <laughs> but, but to have a planner that's a physical thing and to do what you said, which is actually plan the night before what you need to do the next day. So key. Because I'm sure you've mm-hmm. had an experience where you sit down in the morning when you haven't done that and <laughs> you just open your inbox and then you're just into this spiral of unproductivity, basically.
1: Right. Or even worse, Facebook.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's the last thing you want to open first thing in the morning. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So one thing I wanted to chat about was I know you guys do this thing called Focus 55 sometimes at the Entrepreneur House. So can you tell us what that is?
1: Yeah. The Focus 55 is basically a productivity weekend. And it was created by a guy named Noah Everton and a really great guy, and he created this structure for 55 hours of focusing on one or two main goals where you are putting everything else off. You're not worrying about exercising. You're not worrying about boyfriends, girlfriends, spouses, whatever. You're not worrying about anything else except this main goal. So you're just, the the day before you start this, this 55 hour session, you take care of all your priorities. They're taken care of. So you can spend these 55 hours on focus on something you really want to get done. So we set it up, and the night before we have a grounding session, the people come in and they know exactly what to expect in the next 55 hours and they goal set. And they may set goals like I want to launch this product, I want to launch a new website, I want to close four sales that create $4,000 in the next 55 hours. So something big, something that's a stretch. And, they, and we use a smart goal setting system. So it's specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. And everybody in the group has to actually approve the other people's goals so they know they're, they're being held accountable and they're saying, okay, you have this great goal, but it's not really that specific. you know, Or you have this great goal and it's not really attainable because you've never made $50,000 in 55 hours. So we hold them accountable with that. And then we start basically in the morning or the first day, like 8 a.m. And then 12 hours into it, we'll have a check-in. And when we check in, we'll say, okay, how far are you with your goal? Have you completed 20% of your goal? And then we'll measure everybody to see how far they are in their goal. And we'll ask them what they're missing or what their problems are, what they're challenged with. And then they say, okay, You know, I have a problem with this, this, and this. And then the group gives them feedback. Okay, if you have this problem, um, here's a solution. Here's something you may try. So it's, again, tapping into other people being open and vulnerable. So you can use support from the group to help you grow and catapult your results. And then the next morning, so then we have the night. And then the next morning, we have another check-in. And then one in the evening. And then it goes until the very last day, which is usually a close at like three o'clock. And then we have a closing session to see how everybody's done. And we actually encourage, you know, each person's difference on how they work with productivity. But we encourage different things that may work better for them, like getting up in the morning and taking a cold shower and doing a five minute meditation instead of fifteen minute minute meditation and doing 10 jumping jacks to get your blood flowing. And then having your food made the night before so you don't have to worry about eating in the morning or eating throughout the 55-hour period. And so we offer suggestions to keep them more productive. And the results are really awesome, Amanda, because people start businesses they didn't have before in a 55-hour period. One girl started a business and, and created a profit in a 55-hour period. It's just really fun to see, especially when somebody's working really hard at a goal and they they reach out to somebody on the team and a team member offers a suggestion and then all of a sudden they get the goal either gets finished or gets a lot closer to being finished because they're reaching out for help. And it's a powerful weekend session. We do them in the house and then we also do them in different cities around the world too. But it's a lot of fun and and really a memorable event for those that attend.
0: I mean, that's really a sprint, like a sprint on yes. focused time on one project. So, it's probably not like a sustainable thing to do. I mean, you wouldn't want no. to do it all the time because you're probably not really sleeping enough or Like you're kind of putting everything else to the side during that focused time. But to get traction on a project, that would be incredible. Like rather than, you know, kind of playing around at something on the side for a year, just sit down and like crank it out in 55 hours and then move more into like maintenance mode.
1: You would be amazed by the sense of fulfillment that you can get from just focusing on one or two things in a 55 hour period because you're just not worried about those silly social media messages or updates or, you know, unnecessary emails or things that really kind of distract us from our normal goals. By the end of it, everybody, everybody that stays in the house says that's their favorite exercise that we do or activity that we do.
0: So I want to shift gears a bit. We're kind of getting to the end of our chat together, but uh, a big burning problem. And I, I love to see how different people address it. Social media and email. How do you handle these two beasts like in your own life so that they don't totally take over everything and distract you?
1: Yeah, that's a great and question. It's okay
0: if you're like, you know what, I suck at this. <laughs> like, That's totally fine too. I'm just always curious. It's something that I'm I'm actively working on myself to come up with better systems.
1: Yeah, this is something that I, you know, continually work at and slowly get better at, I think, by the day or year maybe. One of the things that I'm really doing these days is um, keeping my phone away from me when I'm working. Cause it's just so tempting to just, even if it's on silent and flipped over, just to reach over there and just pick it up and see if anybody's sent a message. And I've, that's huge. And I had a, I actually did a podcast with a guy named Clay Green. He's a business coach, but he specializes in getting in and out of flow state during your work day. And I was kind of telling him suggestions and he was like, he was telling me how to get in that flow state, but also how to keep it interrupted. And that was one of his suggestions. Keep the phone away from you. If somebody taps you on the shoulder, if you're working in an office or co-working space or at home, just ignore them. They'll figure out that you're busy. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, if you're in that state, like it really, it takes you away from so much focus and, and intent Because you're having to change that and to get out of flow state. And again, it's a thing that happens with you, not only emotionally, but also chemically in your body. Because you're intently focused on something when you're working on it throughout the day. And then you have to hop out of it. And then you try to get back into it. And it's just not, you just don't have the momentum that you did before. And so me, yeah, keeping the phone far away from me. And then trying to keep my tabs, I close all my tabs on my computer every single night. And then so I have them uh, a new, so I'm not opening up my computer to a bunch of tabs, keeping one or two tabs open on my computer. So I'm not thinking about, you know, whatever else is popping up. You know, one thing that works for me, like I just do Facebook. I don't really do any other social media. But if I do, you know, in in that way, I I think it's very distracting if you're working on, if you have, if you put so much time and energy into many different social medias for business, like it's, you're not becoming a master at one or two of them. And that takes away your time and energy too, unless you have a team that's handling that, which is great. So for me, like I focus just on Facebook for work and I don't pay attention too much to Instagram or Snapchat or any of those. So when I'm in work mode, I'm on Facebook and I'm working only with that social media platform. And that's it.
0: <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Yeah, I can't. I can't agree more with just focusing down onto like one or two social media platforms for business mm-hmm. that are really going to work for you. Because otherwise, you end up with like eight profiles on all these different things, and you're not active on any of them, and that that then you're not getting any benefit out of it. Yeah. So cool. Thanks for sharing. So if you could go back when you were just starting your business and or maybe just going location independent, kind of one of those times and give yourself some advice. What would you tell or tell yourself something you needed to hear at that time? What would you tell yourself?
1: I would say right when I was going location independent, I would join more location independent online communities, entrepreneurial online communities before I left because it's been like, Nearly two years traveling and, you know, seeing backpackers and going to different hostels and, and feeling like just a lone wolf traveling the world that does this digital nomad thing all by myself. And so I would say plug into other like minded people and they're all around the world. If not, you can find them online as soon as possible. And of course, my favorite one take bigger risks.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. You mean think bigger and just go for it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah,
0: Good advice. Awesome, Thank Chris. You. So tell us where people can connect with you, where they can find out more about coming along to your awesome co-working retreats and, and get in touch.
1: Yeah, the best place is theentrepreneurhouse.com. That's our website, theentrepreneurhouse.com. And we have a podcast now, which is also the Entrepreneur House podcast. And we have a lot of great entrepreneurs there where you can get a lot of great information about whatever you're trying to figure out. With your entrepreneurial journey.
0: Amazing. Thanks. And we'll link everything up in the show notes as usual. So it's really easy to find. So thanks, Chris, so much for taking the time today.
1: Thank you, Amanda. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. As always, you can get everything we talked about in the show notes, which are available at wellpreneuronline.com. And of course you can come join us in our Wellpruner community group on Facebook to talk about this week's episode or anything else about being a wellpruner. Now don't forget the podcast is going on a break during April, so there will be no new episode next week, but it's a chance for you to catch up on old episodes that you might have missed, and don't even hesitate to go back way to the beginning because there's really some gems back there, and we can recommend some for you in the group if you need some more to listen to. So have a fantastic month of April and I hope that you also remember to take care of yourself and remember that it's not just about business. It's about life, too. And we do need to prioritize our self-care. So have a fantastic month of April, and I will see you back here next month as the Wellpreneur podcast continues. Have a great one, guys.